Welcome to another episode of Infill Pilgrims. I am your host. Joining me, well, not as always. I can't say as always because you guys are so sporadic and actually showing up for these podcasts. I'm throwing you under the bus to start off so that the listeners can start pressuring you to show up. David Ooh, Dolby. Listener pressure is something that... David doesn't understand. I carry it with me every day. I'm going to start like forwarding all the emails I get so you guys can understand I, honestly, what I get. Honestly, I have not figured out my email situation completely yet. Oh. I have things like, okay, well, Jack, quick rant. Oh, yeah. College. Yeah. He's going through it. I He had his UF canvas up online when I walked in here. What are my grades, David? Five out of five. Uh, this man's uh, hitting uh, it. Uh, He's uh. a brainiac. But honestly, Quizlet in his recent dude, searches, dude. I know. Dude. <laughs> I, the I fact know. that colleges are like not trying to shut down Quizlet. You can't regulate it. I just, it's like. It's copy and paste Every education. answer is in yeah. Quizlet. Nobody's and you don't even have to pay anymore. for it. But no. if you want to pay for it, you get Course Hero. Who's running Quizlet? I don't know, but dude, that's he, scary. He needs to get an award, or yeah, or jail time. One of, uh, one of the, I guess not jail time because we go to him. Yeah, like or her. There would be riots in the streets if he was put if in jail. If they shut down Quizlet, I guess that's in the, if inappropriate they, to say that right now. Well, yeah, already there. But imagine if somebody was studying the national uh, GPA and then they shut down Quizlet and just started Dude, it was, oh. <laughs> Especially now because everyone's doing school online. Yeah. So like everyone's figuring out like the people who never had like online courses are figuring out like, oh my gosh, what is Quizlet? This, right. is, this is beautiful. I can get up to like basically cheat through everything. Yeah, you can. And yeah. I guess it comes down to like, do you want to learn? Do you or do you want the check exactly. in the box? Exactly. But today, you don't want to learn. You want the check in the box. Yeah. I like, mean, you really think about it. Like, jobs are only hiring people with degrees. It doesn't matter what it's in. As long as you have a degree, it shows that you have that dedication. Right. And so, they're like, they're not looking at your GPA. And that's what's funny is, like, everyone's always like, oh, magna cum laude, blah, 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 all this. And it's like, I don't think I've ever gotten a job. And they said, wow, you were you got good grades in high school and college. Like, I just right. never happened. Like, it's not a reality. So, like, for me, it's they just see a degree and they're like, oh, he's dedicated or she's dedicated. Yeah, I guess there's the personal pride thing that's kind of diminished as well oh, yeah. because, like you said, nobody really cares if you're magna cum laude, even though I think one of my parents was. And I was like, man, that's cool. It is cool. I'm not yeah. denying it. Like, you know, I know Tori's going to graduate and she's easily going to be in the top 3% of her class because she's just that dedicated to school. Yeah. Whereas, like, me, I'm like, yeah, I'm hovering at 3.1% three like gpa like not crazy good but like i'm not getting like f's right. on everything and so i'm like i'm satisfied with that like okay well kind of a branch off of this but working in law enforcement you probably had to do online training oh yeah so in the military online training was huge and it would be like sexual harassment training mm -hmm. or eo complaint training all these like ethical online classes where you would just click 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 try to get through you're yeah. not learning anything from that no nor do you even care what the content is you're like let me just get the certificate so i can give it to my command yes. so i can be passed off so it's like that in the military yeah as well. oh huge we started when i started off as a forensic investigator i was given 300 of these like procedural things that i had to go through and literally all you had to do is scroll down to the bottom and check mark and write your name that you you read this and you're done. Mm -hmm. And then you get your cert certification. And I was just like, certification, Cert certification, Certi sorry. Certification. Yeah. And so I was like, what was, what is even the point? And I mean, it makes sense. Like, you know that like, Hey, there's procedures there. If you need to go back to look at it. Yeah. But I was just like, this is the most pointless stuff. And it's like all these people who wrote all this stuff. I feel bad because nobody reads nobody it. Cares. <laughs> nobody, nobody cares. Nobody cares. So like the only one 
and I know we're going completely off topic, but I'm cool with this. So like the only one that I really paid attention to was the fentanyl one because I was like, this is life or death. I need to learn how right. to actually like handle fentanyl. Yeah. That's and important. That, but like everything else, like it, it'd be like if we were doing IED training on the internet, like, okay, I'll try to pay attention on which wires yeah. to cut and whatnot. And, but when it comes time to it, you're just going to be looking at the manual anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Or, I mean, I, that's just how I am. Like I, I rather have the physical copy instead of trying to remember it. Because like IED training, there's no way I'm not going to go out there with a, like without a book to help me like know which wires to cut. Because it's like, I, if I fail, I'm dead. And it, it is cool that there's some people out there that really have mastered that. That's just a <sighs> That's cool terrifying. human skill. Who's it? Jeremy Renner? Yeah. Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker. That was a good movie. Uh, okay. But so we're at a point now where we have to do online training and nobody cares about the content. They're literally no. just trying to get the certification. Is that so the company or the uh, whatever, it, whoever's in charge, they can cover their back? So if somebody does something, they can be like, well, we trained them. Yeah, so it's not it is fault. 100%. So it's all liability issue. Yeah, and it's just so like, well, this is opening up doors that are probably not good. But like, Uh-oh. just, you know, like certain things, like how do you handle evidence? Yeah, It's like, I've already been trained how to do this. I don't need to read how to do it properly. Like by their books, I do it the way I want to. And it's just like, I don't need to read this. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Right. And you know, like that's the liability. It's like, hey, we showed them how to properly package evidence if they messed up, if I messed up on something. It's like, hey, it's not our fault. He screwed up this case. We taught him how to do so it. So it's liability. And it really shows the deviation from personal responsibility. Yeah. Nobody can be like, hey, I want to be good at this or I want to know this for me. It's all like, well, they never told me or blah, blah, blah. So I, I'm ne- I will never throw my former organization under the bus, but I found it funny like, out of everyone in my unit, I was the only one who pro- who properly packaged evidence by the oh, book. So by the every book. everyone else did it their own way, and it's never been criticized in court, whatever. But technically, they were doing it incorrectly, and I was the only one doing it the right way. And people always criticized me for it. And I was like, Nah, I'm just doing it by the book because I'm I, I'm a by the book person, right? So like, I rather just do it right and not have to worry about like, oh, if I go to court, I'm in trouble. <laughs> And that's the that's the thing I always respect about by the book people is they have that they commit to oh, that. But you stress discipline. so much more. You do. There's so much more stress. But at the end of the day, it's like you're covered. Yeah. Your bases are covered. Yeah, like going into like some cases I did from like two and a half years ago. I know that all, all they're gonna ask me is like, where was this? Where was that? They're not gonna ask me how I packaged things because, or how everything was uh, everything was done procedurally because. I know I always do everything procedurally. Like, right. I, that is the comfort in knowing it in the past. It's like I'm protecting future Jack. Yeah, future Jack. We have so much hope for him. Yeah. I'm excited to see future Jack when yeah. he turns 28. I am 28. He yeah. is 28. That's right. When he said he was 28. You just wanted me. You, you like baited it. You're like I just you threw out. the hook out. And I was just like, I have to because take it. Because I'm 29. So I'm pretty much 30. And for Jack to try to cheat himself a year earlier, I take offense to that. I don't know person. why I have this fear of turning 30. It's a great year. Is it like for me in the back of my head, I feel like my peak's over when she you're hit 30. not a child anymore i just don't get it like i don't know why because i mean you see it like most people's peaks goes until they're like 42 it does almost feel like you're saying goodbye to the great times and you're like the yeah. 20s where you were young and life was well and like this this is a completely irrelevant thing but like when i played madden like i don't like having players over the age of 30 <laughs> <in my team. laughs> Because, no. because A, they become expensive because they think they're valuable, but B, also they start to regress as soon as they hit 30. Yeah. Like, it may not be drastic, but they start to regress. So, our physical peak, uh, we might be on the, let's just, 
Let's we're just, on a slope. Let's say we're on the plateau. We're not yeah. heading up towards excellence anymore. No, no, no. Even though I do feel like you can get in pretty decent shape in your 30s. No, and I'm not taking that way. I, you can get in the best shape of your life yeah. in your 30s, but I'm still saying, like, I feel like your reflexes start to degrade, you know, your athletic abilities. Like, hey, like my vertical can go went from 36 inches down to, like, 28. And it's not – it's just that's the natural reality of life is you're just going to slowly regress over right. time. My my verticals maintained at probably about three, three or so. <laughs> yeah, I don't spend a lot of time off the ground, but <laughs> I will say I think the cool thing about being in your thirties and your late twenties is I have not made it to my thirties yet. But you start to realize you don't have to take your life. I mean, take your life seriously. But you know, like the classic teenage angst thing where like the teenagers are embarrassed because they're so worried about how their image is in your thirties. You start to realize like, just, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just do you No, I didn't like one of my biggest fears in life is like, and like, I guess today we're just going to get personal today. I'm, I like Uh-oh. this kind of podcast. Like my biggest fear was like when I messed up my back and I, I lost my career as a forensic investigator. One of my biggest fears was like, crap, I'm 27 years old at that time. I have to find a new career. Right. And that's terrifying because you see everyone else, not even everyone else. It's not even the majority, but like you see people who have already hit their careers or moving up. Oh yeah. And they're 20, they're 26, 27. And you're like, crap, I have to start at the ground level. And that's a fear of mine because I'm a person. I want to be the best of the best. I want to start climbing as soon as I hit the ground running. And so like, this has been a weird transition for me. It's been teaching me a lot about patience, which is something I never thought I needed to learn. Right. But I'm so grateful to have learned. Well, a big thing for me, too, is like getting out of the military after six years. I was 26, 27, and then I wanted to start college. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, all right, I'm going to try and get my bachelor's degree, and I'll be in my 30s, my early 30s by the time I'm done with college, at least. Mm-hmm. If I would go for a postgraduate, I'll be like mid-30s or whatever. And I'm like, man, kids had this done by 24, 25, and mm-hmm. they were starting their career. So... I'm, but the whole idea of like career and in your job field, that's all a framework that you're taking in from the culture around. Oh yeah. Where there's people in like the middle ages that would just be like, Oh, I'm taught to plow on the fields. I'm going to go wander with my cassock. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. Like your life (laughs) is. I like the accent. (laughs) That's my middle ages accent. (laughs) I got it. You're, you're, um, your life is always right in front of you yeah. and you just have to make the most out of what's ahead of you. Now you can set yourself up for success better and mm. whatnot and like shoot for a goal. You have to shoot for a goal. Cause yeah. if you're not aiming for anything, you're not going to hit anything for sure. But you know, don't ever feel like you missed out on because it's like the Instagram effect. You look at these pictures on Instagram and you're like, wow, this person has such a great life. Don't worry about that. That's just all what they put up there. Your life is in front of you at all times and just, yeah. You know, I like that, David. That's I have to say it to myself. Cause no, and I, I think like the biggest thing that I, I'm motivated motivated by competition. I know you're motivated by competition. Like you see someone else's success, and you're like, oh, I want to get, I want to be good too. I want to be better than them, kind of thing. I don't know. That's how I feel. Yeah. I'm assuming you're the same way. I would always wanted to d up on you in basketball. I was like, give me Jack. I'll break him down in the paint. Okay. <laughs> no. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Jack had height on me and vertical, obviously. But no, I, I yeah. no, I like competition. I and so it, like for me, it's like it's hard because I do see people in our generation who also are not motivated. And it's like their motivation is to stay with their parents, just kind of go through the, the motions, you know, take a job that pays their bills and, you know, come home and do nothing like that. That sucks because like I want to see people pushing me like I want to see people becoming lawyers, doctors, because I want to be I want to be become motivated. And I'm not just saying 
those are top line professions. That's just, I'm using them as right. an example. And so like for me, it's, it sucks. Cause I was also, there's not a lot of competition and that kind of sucks some of my motivation. And so it's like, I have to learn to push myself as yeah. well, which is something I've never had to do because you know, basketball in school, I always had someone side by side. I'm trying to be better than them. It's easier to run fast when you're racing other people. Yes. When you're running by yourself, you're like, I'll slow down a little bit. Yeah. It's whatever. Self-motivation is oh, the hardest gosh. thing. And it's like mastering self-motivation is huge to getting more out of your own life. Oh, yes. Discipline. I mean, so, all those things. It's the same reason that me and Tori invested in a Peloton is I need that motivation. I need to see that I'm beating people. I need to see that there's people above right. me that are beating me. So I push myself harder because like that I, I'm motivation driven. That's my life. Yeah. And I'm, I'm learning to try to change that mindset, but it's something I'm learning that you have to utilize to become better in life too, though. I think it's interesting because I think that's not just you. I think most people, it's like a human characteristic where we will perform better if we were competing against somebody else. Yeah. Like when we used to run the two mile in the military, you'd always have this rule where you'd be like, all right, pick out somebody in front of you mm -hmm. and try to pass them. So that would like give you, cause when you're out, <laughs> And it's all about perseverance through pain or discomfort because that's like, oh, okay, yeah. I keep going back to running because it just seems like such a, a powerful uh, metaphor. Mm -hmm. But like you're running and you get tired and your body hurts and you're like, I could stop right now and feel better. So what's going to keep you going? What's going to keep you pushing past that threshold? Yeah. And you, it's the pursuit of excellence for yourself. And that's something that people have really lost, I think. I mean, I know I struggle with it. It's so much easier just to be lazy, the oh, path yeah. of least resistance. So one thing that sticks out to me in my life that's taught me like I'm motivated, like motivation based that my life is, is like my freshman year in college. Like, obviously I'm not a sprinter. I'm a person like I'm getting up and down the court. I'm not pushing the ball up and down the court, but I'm getting up and down the court. Well, so I would always finish middle of the pack when we do sprints, right. but, <clears throat> um, during our, I would say it's probably our second month of doing conditioning. It was our, we're doing our timed mile, which is obviously big. You know, it's, it's definitely a pride based thing. So I already have that going. Then I have my coach who comes up to me and it's just like, all right, man, I need you to actually beat someone. So like that is going in my head and I'm like, this dude thinks I ain't going to beat nobody. <laughs> like, like I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, I'm going to kill myself because I want to beat everyone. So like, I literally ran a five, four mile. I will never, ever do that again in my life. Five, four. Yeah. Five, five minutes, 40, 40 seconds. That's pretty quick. And like, I, I beat everyone. And right. like, that was when I, I knew in my head, I was like, oh, I just need someone to talk crap to me. Right. And then I'm pushing myself to a limits that I can never reach on my own. It's a weird thing to n realize that your mindset can affect your physical performance mm -hmm. because it's like, what's the limit on that? Well, obviously your body at some point will just shut down. Oh yeah. And that's why you see these runners collapse at the end of races. And they're just like that physically, that's all they had. Yeah, they poop themselves that I've seen that happen before. But that was because of hangover. I think <laughs> <laughs> that will get you too. Oh gosh. Yeah, too Anyways, yeah, just... Silva. I will say this about you, Jack. I want you to know a little praise Jack moment. Oh, I'm liking this podcast. I pull up to his house. His grass is neatly mowed. Not only is it... Do you have a robot mower? No. Okay, good. Not only is it neatly mowed, but um, the ditch was cut. Bro. And there's water in the ditch. Bro. And when somebody cuts the grass in the ditch, that means like it's not easy. Oh, no matter if you have a weed whacker or use the mower. Like that's going the extra step for that finished look. That that was another so. sign of my I appreciate you saying that. Another yeah. sign of me growing up is like I take so much pride in my grass, dude. Yeah. Like I'm it needs to be the best on the block. Like I always make sure I'm like leveling it off and whatnot correctly. That ditch 
cutting a ditch in Florida is the worst thing. Especially during like August, September, the rainy months. Oh gosh. So you're like sliding down, yep. your shoes are falling off, you're it's trying water. to just push it into the water. And I'm just like, I hate my life. But I once you cut it, there's no greater pride in looking yeah, at it. And like, everyone else's ditches covered in water. Yeah. You're like, and not, there's long grass not, coming out of it. You're like, not yeah, mine. Not mine. Jeez. Grass looked good. So David, we last week me and Ben talked about some of the um protests and you know, obviously we know that you have a different background. Obviously, if, if I may say, you know, you you date an African American woman, you have African American brothers and sisters, so this protesting uh it, it can mean different to you. So we kind of wanted to see what your mindset was going about these protests. Do you think they're the right moves to do? What what's your thoughts? David, I, by the way, is the one who wanted to talk about this. Did so I want to talk about this? Yes. I hate myself for wanting to talk about You sent it in the group chat, and I was like, I okay. I think everybody wants to chime in, and everybody has their opinions on it. The Definitely. thing that, like, that I am witnessing, it seems, from my perspective, on being on both sides, where I have I have a lot of my, my friend group and my family, like you guys said, conservative. And mm. there's this unifying idea a theme and conservatives mindsets is like stop protesting yeah. like we're not we're opposed to that and then i also have my girlfriend and i also have this um i have this part of my life that you know my black brothers and sisters and everything and i know for them for somebody to come up and say stop this protest it feels like an attack on their identity mm -hmm. so very polarized sections going on and both of them, I can see the right and the wrong in it. And it reminded me today of like the flag controversy when people were kneeling for the national anthem and you had a certain group of people say, how dare they disrespect our troops like that? How dare they kneel on what the flag stands for? Unbelievable. And then you had another group of people saying like, we're not disrespecting your troops. We're saying what this means to you is not the same as what it means mm. to us. So to me, it shows like, the the symbols that are rising up from this cultural moment are so nuanced and emotionally driven that you have people standing on two opposite sides where what you'd want like with the left and the right or the Democrats or Republicans or conservative and liberals is to be standing side by side looking ahead and have the good peripheral and be like, all right, left side, I see things a little bit different, but I'm looking ahead. And right side, all right, what do you see? I'm seeing things a little different, but I'm looking ahead. But instead we have two people standing on the opposite sides and they don't even see the same thing anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a dangerous position to be in culturally because you can't bring stuff up like this without attacking a very key part to somebody else's identity. And that's a problem. Like if I have a conservative friend that comes up to me and is like, I can't believe this Black Lives Matter, man. This is ridiculous. They would not say that if a black person was there because if a black person was there, they'd be like, you know... I like black people, but I can't get behind Black Lives Matter. And if I have like some a black person with me that says I, th I hate Trump I think he's the devil he might not say that if some of these <laughs> MAGA Trump <laughs> nation people are out here on the boats or whatever he might not say that but he might say like I don't think your president values me because of my, the color of my skin mm -hmm. so it's very difficult for me and the weirdest thing for me about this to get a little bit religious is both uh, examples of these people in these different groups are Christians. They're professing Christians. Mm. So it's like, now we have people who, in my mind, I take my belief in God very seriously. They both believe in the same God that I do. 
and they both are like hating the other person on the other side. So what's going on with that? How is that happening? And I think what people really have to do, and this is super hard and I'm not saying it's possible or whatever. I'm not, I think people have to stop identifying with the terms and phrases that are given to them from the media and from the mm. cultural situation. That's really and good. until they do that, they will continue to polarize each other and hate the other side. And it makes sense why they would hate the other side because the other side is attacking something that they're holding onto as part of their identity. Mm -hmm. Like I, okay. I think there's racist um, systems in America. I think there, there is like people judge each other. Yeah, there's because systematic of color racism. Definitely skin. I'm learning about uh, slavery in one of my history classes. And this was really interesting. It started with indentured servants in Virginia. They were using indentured servants to work the crops, but they kept getting more land. And, uh, as they get a lot of the indentured servants were Irish or it didn't matter what race they were, but they come over, they work for a little bit and they'd earn their freedom. But eventually the indentured service system became unreliable. They needed more permanent label labor force. And this was right when the African trade was like kicking off around Virginia. So they said, Hey, let's just use these slaves and let's not let them like be indentured servants. Let's change the, their identity from indentured servants to chattel, which was another word for property. So because the need for labor force and the promise for economic success, they started re-identifying a group of people by their skin color and changing them and dehumanizing them. And that has such a profound impact. Like that ripples through generations. You don't just say, yeah, it's not like that anymore. Like get over it. No, that has like a huge, you know, and it was only 200 years ago. Not that long ago. Yeah. So, it is different for black people than white people in America. And wh where do you go from there? So now you have white people who are being attacked because of their whiteness. So now they're feeling like this other form of weird racism where it's like, you're white, your opinion doesn't matter as much, shut up. Like, and they don't like that. So instead of being like, well, this is kind of like the experience they had, except they were becoming slaves, and now my opinion doesn't matter. They're saying, well, it's equal ground. I'm getting attacked because of my whiteness. No, I'm not going to be attacked because of my whiteness. My life is just as hard as anybody else, and I'm going to take pride in it. So now instead of people <laughs> coming together, you have white people actually taking pride in their whiteness. And I think that's what like MAGA and all this is kind of an offshoot of. Mm -hmm. And this is why it's so repulsive to the left. And uh, and then you have the left side where they're, they're – calling the the right side fascist because they're like look at these people they're worshiping trump and they're becoming nazis because they judge people by their skin color and everything and it's just it's not a good situation and i think no. like because we lost touch with the spiritual side of life we started worshiping these symbols that are given to us in a large part by human-made corporations and whatnot and it's not a good end unless we can detach from what's happening mm. in front of us and be like all right who am I as an individual? What, how do I put good into the world? And there's this verse I was reading in second Samuel getting biblical. Okay. That, I mean, that's my foundation. So I have to go there. And it was King David. He was going to kill. He, he wasn't King yet. He was going to kill Saul in the cave. Cause Saul was going to the bathroom, crazy detailed story in the Bible. You're like, why is this in the Bible? Saul's going to the bathroom in the cave. He's trying to kill King David, trying to kill David. David sneaks up behind him, cuts off his robe instead of killing him, cuts off a piece of it. Saul leaves the cave, doesn't know. King David runs out of the cave and is like, hey, I cut off your robe, but I didn't kill you. Please stop trying to hunt me down. Like, I'm not against you. He's like, wickedness only begets more wickedness. Mm. And it's like, 
no matter what happens to you, if you put wickedness out into the world, it will just continue that cycle. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, everybody right and left needs to be like, how can I just show love to the brother and sister instead of judging them? Yeah. I think a big thing. Wow, David, that was, that was a lot. I, I, I like your, where your mind's at. I think a big thing that is plaguing our society big time right now is the more dramatic, um, outspoken people on either side are the ones getting a voice right now. So like, let's, let's kind of break it down. Whereas, you know, like the MAGA people, you know, they have the bigger voice obviously on one side. And then you have the Antifa, the violent people are getting a bigger voice in like Portland protest and whatnot. Right. And I think what's happening is either side is having to embrace some of that, not having to, they're choosing to, I should say, choosing to embrace that and trying to defend it because it's like, I rather try to defend that mistake than try to def- to accept their mistake on the other side. Right. And that becomes toxic because it's like, Hey, how about we condemn both and we figure this out saying, so for me being like, Hey, it's not okay for people to go around shooting people because you think you're defending a pro- piece of property during right. a protest. But I also think that, you know, you guys shouldn't be burning down these buildings because what did those buildings do to you? They're not the they're not the people you have the issues with. It's those people that are in the state capitals and whatnot making these exactly. choices. Let's bring it to them. Let's make them make some decisions instead of just sitting like sitting on their iron thrones and just not doing anything. And that's the reality that pisses me off is it's, it's these people in power who are absolutely doing nothing. And I think like what you said, because it puts you in such a dilemma where you say, all right, I don't want riders to break into uh, cash and carry or yeah. a gas station, and just destroy it. Or so, even worse, some like private owned business and mm. just ruin that family's life or whatever. Yeah. And then you see the posts and it's like, so property is more important than human lives. And you're like, well, well no, no, I don't think that's, e- I don't no. think that's evil. I don't think that either. I don't want people to put property in front of human life. So you're like in this, you're getting pulled both ways. And I, I did listen to their podcast last week, Ben and Jack. <laughs> and the, when you guys brought up the meme where it's like Jesus oh gosh, rioted yeah. in the temple. That was a tough one for Christians. Like, oh, it is. Because everybody was like, well, I got to check my, like, what's going on here? But the thing I thought was interesting was like how, how, and I thought Ben and you said it pretty well, how Jesus was protecting the temple. The temple was a place of such divine importance. It's his in the, father's house. It's it's the communing place with God. Mm-hmm. So this is like, this is the place where heaven meets earth, this temple. And it's turned into a, a, uh, what's the gift shop basically yeah. like buy your, your fake Ark of the covenant right here or whatever, you know, whatever they're doing, they were selling and trading stuff. And we're equating that to a gas station. Yeah. So what is our temple in America yeah. today? <laughs> well, and like for me, it's like when I'm talking to people about this and I was like, I get it. Like you guys have marched on Washington. You have sat on those steps with Martin Luther King. You guys have tried this before. It doesn't work. And it comes down to the reality is it's like, look at your local, like local politics. These are the people making these choices. Like you need to start getting these racists out of politics. Don't be letting them make these choices. Right. That is a very clear clear thing in Washington is like, you see racism in office. These are the people enacting these things. These are the people who are doing absolutely nothing during these riots. So it's not, there's no change going to happen until we get these people who are creating this chaos, more or less in office and out. 
I, I think that's the reality. And I and I really think that like the people in power, they they aren't necessarily racist. Okay, so like the people in Virginia, they've accepted racist overtones over yeah. time, and so they they're just like, oh, it's been done for fifty years. Why do I have to change it? Well, and, and this is what I mean: the people in Virginia, they didn't decide to make uh, Africans slaves instead yeah. of indentured servants because they were African. They decided to do that because it was most profitable. Mm -hmm. It's like that line in the song, cash rules everything around me. That's where we're at. And people will use things like racism or social injustice to control the masses and direct them the way that's most profitable for the people in power. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think so. an example with the kid that shot people in Wisconsin, mm -hmm. you have all these people, like especially my military friends and the, a certain group, like, man, this guy was standing up for liberty He's a hero. And then you have the, on my same social media feed, mm -hmm. people saying, this guy's a terrorist. Why aren't we coming yeah. at this guy like he's a terrorist? And so the way I see it is if you're raised in a certain environment and a certain mindset, you're going to think you should defend this country with your life and you should oppose anyone who tries to bring it down. And that is the highest moral standard you can do. So when that kid grabbed that gun and he went out there, he was saying, I am being a hero and everybody yeah. wants to be a hero. Yeah. And in the same way, if you're a protester, you're like, I need to represent the antithesis, 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 basically the opposite of what the yeah. one guy was doing. I need to support the complete opposite. I need to bring down this antithesis. abusive antithesis. Thank you. Jack corrected me on a word for once. Look out. Oh my gosh. We're going down. UF education. Woo. Yeah, straight A's. <laughs> but so you have both sides completely morally emboldened and righteous indignation is such a fulfilling feeling. You're like, I'm mad and finally I'm right about being mad. Yeah. And it feels so good. Yeah. You want to feel that way. And both sides feel that way. And when both sides feel that way, you can kill each other. Yeah. And, and this is what I realized one time when I was talking to my sister, Princess. I think I brought this up before. But I was sitting outside uh, Afghanistan in outside a hut. I was sitting in the dirt, like pulling security on this road in case more dudes rolled up to try and mess with us. And me and my buddy were looking for tripwires because they would have tripwires in places they expected American troops to like settle in at to blow them up. So we were looking for tripwires with our our IR lasers because it glints a little bit if you hit the wire just right, right. And uh, I was thinking about when I was telling my sister about this, I was like. Here I am sitting there, probably 24 years old, in a country thousands of miles away from where I'm born. And there's this man that lives in this house who I suspect could very much possibly set up a bomb to kill me. Why is he doing that? Why am I here? And I, and I like <laughs> zoomed out of the picture. I was like, there's no reason for me to be here with a gun outside this guy's house, nor is there a reason for him to be planting a bomb in his yard to kill me. Yeah. The only reason why we're doing this is because we bought into the narrative that's given to us. And, and you have to buy into a narrative because it explains the world around you. You have to like connect things to process reality. Jeez. But just be super careful about the narrative that you plug into because people will control that for their own profits. Yeah, and like one thing, a lot of you guys actually, you know, messaged me in and were just like, "You shouldn't blame this kid." And I'm, I, I thought I made it very clear on the last episode that I don't blame the kid. I think he's a 17 year old with a mush brain, which all 17 year olds oh have. No, God. no, no, all 17 year olds. Do we not all have mush brains? Yeah, I was 2008. Yeah, I was not an intelligent child like then, and it's like you know he's doing what he's told, and like. Like you said, it's the system he was raised in. He wanted to be a hero. He thought, hey, I'm protecting this business at all costs with this gun that was given to me. 
he thought what he was doing was right because yeah. the system that he was raised in that he surrounded he was surrounded with said that that was the right thing. But then you have the whole other side who's just like, yo, this kid is completely wrong. Yeah. He should have never been in that position. He shouldn't have put himself in that position. And it's like, it's it's such a hard message to fight on either side. The middle ground is, is like the so smallest small. middle ground. You can be, yeah. you either fall into supporting him or supporting the rider. Yeah, because it's like the kids shouldn't have had a gun. They shouldn't have thrown a, a skateboard at him. They shouldn't have pulled a gun on him. He shouldn't have shot them. Like, there was if this, if that, and it was on both yeah. sides. It wasn't just one side that was in the wrong in this situation. Because we could literally, like, do the two conversations right now. Like, yeah. he was protecting a gas station. He shouldn't have had a gun on a riot. They shouldn't have attacked him. They only attacked him because they thought he was, yeah. you know. Yeah, he had a gun. Had a gun, <laughs> and he was aggressive towards that. So that will get you nowhere. I still put full blame on whoever gave him a gun. I think you can buy a rifle at 17. That's the only thing I was thinking. You can? I thought, um, I thought... I thought you have to be 18 for rifles and then handguns are 21. I don't know. The, it could be different. In I what, think it's different, yeah. but I don't know. I, and I don't think we should look to the law no. to no. defend or explain actions because the legal system is just another manifestation of human control. Yeah. But what we should say is if you're bringing guns and violence out into the streets, that's what you'll get back. And we need to start bringing mm. like love and ugh, hippies man <laughs> no not hippies yeah. we need to bring love and trying to improve our situation to the streets and by the streets i mean like what we're putting out into the world what are we putting out there if we're putting out violence and hate wickedness begets wickedness if we're putting out love and trying to make better the situation around us that's all we can do even if it doesn't work at least you can die knowing you i get it right i get thing. that there's a side that is just sick and tired of we've tried being loving we tried doing this right for so many years the only thing they respond to is this violence. And it's just like, it's exactly like you said, though, if you put violence out there, you're going to get violence yeah. back. You can't be, you can't expect the other side to be like, Oh man, we were wrong after you, you brought violence into yeah. it because it, all they're going to say is, yep, we were right. That justified what right. we did. And that's, it's, it's a crappy situation because I get it. Actually, I don't get it. Cause I'm white. But, I mean, <laughs> I understand why like African-Americans are just so frustrated because they're like, we do a piece, we get shot, we get strung up. We, it doesn't matter what we do. We're still going to get attacked. We've tried to peace. We tried violence. Like nothing seems to get through their heads. So it's just like, you know what? We're just going to get some of our frustration out. But just like, you know, we've been raised as Christians, both of us, like it's not easy being a Christian. There's an expected prosecute, uh, persecution. Like, you have to roll with it. The, the only way you're going to beget change is be by being that peaceful negotiator. Yeah. I, and that's the reality. And I think I, I hate I, saying that I hate it so much because it's like, I get it. I've seen it. We've, we did the textbooks from 1960s. It's they tried peaceful protest. Yeah. It didn't work. They've still kept doing it. They kept doing it. And then the moment they stopped, at the other side's like, yep, we were right. Yeah, they, we got them broken. 45 years later, we broke them down. We finally figured, showed that, yeah, they're going to be violent too. And you have the pictures from like the 60s where it's kids getting hit with fire hoses or these protests, they're them sicking dogs on people. Yeah. And, and okay, the conspiracy-ness. Get it, David. I, I don't want to sound like Get that. Get it, David. Because it, it comes down to the hearts and minds of the individuals. But – when you look at the world through a lens and that lens is provided by the media, mm -hmm. they can direct your focus to things. So you see like 
these guys getting killed by police. You see that, and that's what defines the whole white versus black landscape. Mm-hmm. So now white versus black relationships are defined by George Floyd and these other people like that are getting shot by cops. Where that is a, a very isolated event that happened, not good, different opinions on it, that does not define the way the two races interrelate because the two races aren't interrelating. No. It's individuals interrelating with different yes. color skins. And I hate it because I was thinking about today is like now the way people are looking at each other, if you if you're lighter skinned and you look at somebody darker skinned, you're gonna be thinking like, Oh, they probably think I'm some kind of racist. Yes. Guy. And then yes. if you're a dark skinned you're like, Those people probably They think, think I got a gun. They yeah. think George Floyd should have been shot or killed or whatever. Can you know? I, I I wanna rant about that. Like it pisses me off that people are just like, Oh look, he had fentanyl in his system. Oh yeah, blah 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 like like I, I can't understand why people are dwelling on sure he had negatives, but like we can't focus on the negatives that were on the other side. Like yeah. that's the frustration I get is it's like two wrongs never make a right. Why can't we just agree and like, Hey, this was a crappy situation, but the way that it was handled, that a life was taken. That's the part we need to focus on because that's a reality every day for black people. I don't get like, why can't we focus on that? Because it's all we want to focus on is a negative narrative that the media provides us. I have yet to see a news article in probably three or four months. That's been positive. Anything positive. It's always crap about COVID, how Trump's a terrible president, George Floyd, you know, Blake, all this crap is negative. And it's like positive news doesn't sell anymore. And like, it made me get into my Bible and, and start to look at things. And it's, you look and see this narrative and it's just so, there's no peace looking forward. And you know, the, the overused term in Christianity is, Oh, it's signs of the end times. But it's like, at least, you know, in biblical times, there was always some sort of positive narrative that you could look to. And I just don't see that because of how split we're divided. And it's not color. I don't even think color is the biggest divide anymore. I definitely think it's the liberal conservative mindset is the divide now. Right. And you know, people will be like, Oh yeah, there's more blacks and liberal uh, that are liberals and there's more whites that are, are conservative and it's not even that i honestly think it's a mindset that divides our nation now that is era irrevocable i would say is the right word and like it's a terrifying thing to see because it's like you said like that middle ground is so small that nobody wants to even get near it it's like we don't want to accept that hey we're wrong like it's just we're children now like we refuse to accept responsibility for the actions of every everyone on one side yeah, the two sides have been completely polarized. And the weird thing to me is, okay, psychologists think there's two different hemispheres to the brain, the left and the mm-hmm. right brain. And one side is in charge of, like, logically explaining the world, like, very systematic, robotish, And the other side is way more, like, feely, spiritual, like, vibes-oriented to sum it up in a yeah. David ignorant way but there's like a divide between that and then you see the division of america and it's going along the same line lines mm. like all right one side is very give us the facts show us the facts ben shapiro here's the facts here's the statistics there's a logical side and then the creative side, the emotional side emotional, yeah. yeah and you see that you see yeah. that in the two sides like most artists where are they liberal yeah. i would say so mm-hmm. uh most ceo business managers whatever what are they very conservative conservative yeah. So we're divided pretty much on the two hemispheres of the brain. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm like, oh, that's a really good point. Are dude. we just like two sides of a brain? <laughs> <laughs> and 
like you really think about her just a human being there's so many outlets now that there's just so much being shoved 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 in your face so logical people are only going to take in like you think about it like you're only going to be friends with people most of you who are liberal are going to be friends with liberals and then most of you who are conservatives so you're only going to be seeing this this and this confirmation bias it's just everything coming in my head it's like yeah yeah i'm right yeah yeah yeah." and so it's just like yeah yeah you're wrong i'm right yeah yeah yeah. and it's just it's that constant i keep going yeah yeah yeah. but (laughs) but that there's never going to be that stop and think oh i could be wrong because there's no one really stepping up to the plate to say it respectfully yeah and I mean, we live towards the yeah. other person. Yeah. Like I, I know I'm pulling us in so many different directions, but like, I'm thinking about like all these kids saved from child like sex trafficking. And like, it's on like the fifth page of MSNBC, CNN, Fox news. And I'm like, why don't we start trying to put some positive things in front of our faces for once so that we can like catch our breaths, process what's happening in our nation and be like, Hey, there's good out there. Let's try to be part of that. Good. Let's focus on the things that bring us together more. Yeah, it, it, it's like if you were in like, a relationship. F those child sex traffickers. Let's kill them all. Like, well, oh, maybe not kill. That's that's a little rough. Well, but. there's a there's a movement going on now where everybody's trying to take up arms against the pedophiles, and I thought it was cool at first, but now it seems like a controlled movement. A oh, bit. you think it's controlled? I think so. I, I, I think but so. I so like let's let's I want to talk about it. let's debate that. I think I'm okay with a controlled movement on that. But I also can understand where you're coming from. It's like, okay, once that, let's say, like, I would love for child sex, like, like trafficking to be eradicated. But, like, what happens once it is, like, that movement isn't going to die. There's going to be some sort of spinoff of it, correct? Is that what? your mindset? My mindset is whenever something is gaining traction in, like, the... the you just do not trust the media. I don't trust it at all. <laughs> I don't trust it at all. I, I get think- it. The the one thing that's true is the one thing everybody tries to squash. Mm. And I think like it's it's such a noble cause to go out and try and kill pedophiles and everything. And it gives you that same righteous indignation and people will hashtag it and like global war on pedophiles mm. and all these things. And uh, I think it's just it's channeling people once again to a certain direction. Yeah, I, I can understand that one thing to get back to the whole divide, like that kind of pissed me off and it's relevant to this is like, so we all know Ashton Kutcher is huge into ending sex trafficking. Right. So like I'm, I'm big in Reddit. So like I'll get down these deep, deep, dark (laughs) Reddit threads. And so like, they're talking about like all the good his organization is doing in this thread. And then someone, someone, just one person, all they had to say was, Oh, I bet. Yeah. He was on Epstein's uh, flight logs to pedo Island. And then just everyone is just spewing all this hatred at each other. And it's just, it's just one thing that took, and it's just creates this divide. Right. When someone is trying to do something good, all it takes is just one little spark and we're already manically divided. And it's like, I feel like our society has become so thin skinned that both sides just, there's just no room for like acceptance. And that's, that's the issue I have. It's so strange because we're at, we have so much comfort and luxury and good things in america bro i i can't remember the last thing i wanted something that i didn't i couldn't get and even if except you're, for a even if you're in the impoverished end it, yeah. of course there's a lot of cultural factors that go into that so if you're born in some really bad areas your life might be difficult but you go over to afghanistan or you go to like the dominican republic and you're like these people they don't even have running water mm-hmm. like these people don't they have nothing so 
we're, we've reached the point as a nation where we have so much opportunity and we're just tearing each other apart. And it's really, I think if you're like a social critic or if you're like trying to analyze a human situation in America, like what's going on here mm. with our species, you gotta be like, somehow this mindset got corrupted and they lost something that made them want to be better people. And now they're suffering the consequences. Say what you want about Hollywood. Gail Godot, you know, obviously she's an Israeli woman. And Wonder Woman? Was that her? Yeah, Wonder Woman. She, she, I was reading this article. She was talking about her upbringing and how she had to uh, be part of, if you live in Israel and you're of Israeli descent, you have to be in the military for, I think, two years or something yeah. like that. And she's talking about how she was basically just like a fitness instructor, but she would have to still see kind of like the terrors that, you know, of other countries and whatnot. And she's like, what it does for our country is like, we realize there's so much hatred out there for us. It unites us. Like, and so she's like, I feel like if every country did this and, you know, required mandatory, you know, military service, like it would only be beneficial. You would understand that, Hey, it's either a much worse out there than what I, I am living in or B is like, Hey, like, people hate us what can we do to become better and it's like there's there's this reality of like i feel like so many people are comfortable in their own little cozy bubble of america like they don't realize like 90 percent of the world hates us because of the crap we're pulling right now like a it's like they make fun of our 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 healthcare system or b is the fact is like we're basically on the brink of civil war because we just can't agree on anything and then c it's just like how stupid our political system is and I think all our international coups we throw. Oh yeah, go that doesn't help. That yeah. doesn't help either. What was it? The Pitch Jeez. Perfect movie where they're talking. They're like, they hate us. They legitimately hate us. It was said as a joke. I was like, yeah. That's but true. it's the truth, and it's because and I honestly think of like so many people just don't see the opinions outside of our country that they don't realize that there needs to be change. And, well, and I think what you said when you said hate unites people, that's a huge thing. If you want to think as like the left or the right, if your idea is to get other people to see the way you see and to live the way you live, then what do you do to that other side? Do you hate them? Because mm. the more you hate the other side, the more they're going to unite against you. Yeah. And the only way to really bring them over to your side is to love them. And that was pretty much the, that was like a key message that Jesus said. It's like, love your enemies. Cause you're not going to change your enemies by saying, I hate you. Oh, you're so stupid. I hate you. Like, why don't you think the way I do? Oh, now that you said it that way, maybe I will. No, you got to show somebody you care about them and you value them as an individual beyond their political beliefs or color of their skin. And then they can start seeing the way you see. Dude, and I'm not going to die. It sucks. Like that, doing that sucks. Like, Oh yeah. It goes nobody wants to get you... punched in the face and say, hit me on the other side. Yeah. Like that's the reality. But like, I honestly think, I don't know, man, we're just so stubborn as a nation. It's such a scary direction we're heading in because of it. Yeah. I just, <sighs> Not to be shallow. I love how we're just going. <sighs> I, well, to end on a more positive note, because yeah. I heard how you and Ben just got all giddy and stuff. Oh, we had something positive. <laughs> just kidding, Jack. That's a cheap shot. Good Lord. Right. But what the heck is that? I just don't want anything to go down before the NFL season can finish because the Bucks have a chance. They have a chance. So, like, 
Uh, we can finish on that. I want to talk about that. Florida like, sports is hot right now. Dude, it is. You got the Lightning are basically curb stomping the Islanders in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, after defeating Boston. You got Miami Heat are in the Eastern Conference Finals. With my boy, Jimmy Butler. Oh, gosh. The epitome of what America should be right now. Dude, I love his mindset. And, like, I was talking with some people, and they're like, you know, Giannis, you could just tell, just wanted to go home. Like, that bubble is wearing on people. But yeah. Jimmy Butler, this is a business trip to him. Yeah. Like, his job is to win championships. And so, like, I think having that mindset and, and the people around him are obviously going to feed off of that. Oh, That's yeah. going to only help you in this. You can beat superior teams with a mindset like that. Because let's be honest, they've been in the bubble since, what, August? They haven't, uh, yeah. they haven't been home. They haven't no. seen their kids. They've been eating cr- the same crap food for three months. Like, that's going to wear on you. And they're just going to be like, I don't I don't care and that much. Let's be honest. The ultimate test versus, like, heart and willpower versus pure talent would be the Heat versus the Lakers or the Heat versus the Clippers. So like, I, w- I would take that away because I honestly think when it comes to playoff times, LeBron is all heart. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I, I he, think that it would be it would be more – it was I think the Heat versus the – the Bucks was pure like that. Like the Bucks should have curb stomped the Heat. Let's not deny that. There's that the There's Heat, a bad matchup for them, but it they, is a bad matchup. But superior firepower. Like yeah. you look at it, what what their second best player is uh, Chris Middleton. He yeah. shot like thirty percent from the field. So you can't you can he wasn't that great. Eric Bledsoe, all defensive player. You know Brooke Lopez, by the way, all defensive player. He got second team all defense this yeah. year. They had a lot of good defenders. Yeah, and so you like you guys just ran them over offensively, yep. and it's not like you guys have anything outside of Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero. I mean, Bam is good. I'm not taking that away from, him, but he's not an offensive threat big time. It's really just like the system that we have is yeah. it's it's motivate. I'd say if you're looking for some good in America right now, watch the Miami Heat. I would love Heat. They're the blue collar team that's just making waves, which is a weird thing to say about a Heat team. Yeah. Because they were the super team. Yeah. They were LeBron. Well, and it's and Miami. You have the glitz and glam of yeah. Miami. But the culture, hashtag culture. I, that's what I, all about. I used to hate Jimmy Butler because I used to think, man, he is so overrated. Everyone right. just hypes him. And I was like, he, he's crap on every team. But, like, he found his He his found mark. his spot. He, yeah. Yeah. The heat, like, that's he's his He's not team. great offensively. No. He, he just brings, like, this certain attitude where it's like. People feed off go him. Go all out. And he supports you and everything. It's, it's cool to watch. I like, think that him being the alpha not having another alpha there is what makes him better because i think he he got held back because of derrick rose in chicago he got held back in uh, minnesota because of carl anthony towns he got held back in philadelphia for whoever you want ben simmons anyone tobias harris like he wasn't the guy and so, when he went to Miami, he was like the veteran. Yeah, and, and he's the guy. Like, guys. hey, that's our top 15 player right there. Like, this is how we're going to run the team. Yeah. And, yeah, it's exciting. I really hope they make it to the finals. Who do you think they have a better chance against, Toronto or Boston? Toronto. Yeah, Boston is dangerous with their, all their wings. Yeah, but I, Toronto, people, that is the, probably the, the most on athletic team in the league. I think we could take Toronto. It's just like Tatum and Brown and Kemba. I don't know. Yeah. I think it'd be a great matchup, Heat versus Celtics. Um, I hate the Celtics, so I just don't want them there. Yeah. And, I mean, if they could get it to the finals, that would be insane. I think that if there's any team that the NBA has helped throughout the years, it's the Celtics. It pisses me off. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've There's been, no reason they should be able to get Jalen Brown and... Uh, Tatum and... Tatum. Gordon Hayward. And Kemba Walker and all these guys. Like, there's no reason they should be able to get them... Like, there's got to be some system. Like, that doesn't – the luck that they had, like, the fact is they got Tatum over Markel Fultz. 
Oh, really? Like, that's stupid to me. Like, everyone, everyone, the draft pundits even said it was just like, even before his weird shooting mechanics, Markel Fultz is a one, one trick pony. Like, it's very easy to figure out in the NBA. And it's just, I, it's just weird. It's just it's weird. a weird feeling for you. And I also just hate Boston. So it gives yeah. me an excuse to hate him more. I think the Clippers Lakers series will be really fun to watch too. Cause Kawhi LeBron. I was really hoping to be a nugget Lakers. I, I don't think they can do it. No. Nuggets are choking right now. They are. And it's cause, and you, you saw it. What's his name? Uh, Michael Porter was like, yo, it's gotta be more than, uh, uh, not what's be- his name? Easily Jamal Murray, Murray and yeah. Jokic. Like oh, we got to show up. Yeah, I mean they have star power besides those two. It's just nobody's showing up. Yeah, but we. I think we've talked enough basketball. Sorry, yeah, you just zone out. Those we lives. zone out. I just we could be totally. We could totally be a basketball <laughs> podcast. Basketball. But uh, anyway. I think, <sighs> go I think, out, grow a garden, do some good stuff out there. Do in the some world. good. Go help someone. Help people. Like become that light. Love other people. I saw this boat on at Pops, the restaurant I work at. There's all these boats driving back and forth because it's right on the intercoastal. And there's a boat with Biden flags and there's a boat with Trump flags. And I was like, these people are not gonna be able to have a good conversation if they didn't have their flags up. They could have been friends. They would never even have known. Like if you're not just who you voting for, who you voting for. Stop defining yourself by categories that the media is giving you. I think. I think if I see anyone with a political flag, I don't like them. I'm automatically, I don't care what side they are. Like they just care too much. Like it's, it shouldn't become this, this identity that you're. Yeah. It should be like, Hey, I'm voting for this principle. Hey, I'm voting for this, this ideal. Like it's like, stop putting your identity in a person, put your identity in your country. Yeah. Like let's make our country. Let's be a country that actually values education. Hey, let's be a country that values taking care of our sick people. The fact is that people have to pay $300 a month for their insulin on a good insurance plan. That's bull crap. Let's right. fix that. But all right. I feel, it feels <laughs> weird to end like this, you know, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much. We, I have some of that political stuff coming out this week. So peep the website infopilgrims.com. Peep it. Peep it. So, until next time, guys, David made this very uncomfortable. Let's make America think again.
Can't we be friends? 